This is the Daniel Alonzo Wealth on the Beach podcast. I'm a 20-year entrepreneur, investor, and business coach. I've spoken in front of over 300,000 people and been featured in Success Magazine. I became a millionaire at 24. I saved a million dollars in cash by age 28. And I am going to personally help you get totally, absolutely financially independent by creating massive passive income. Join me now. Wealth on the Beach podcast. I'm Daniel Lonzo and I am your host and I am here with one of the most incredible, uh, fun uh, guests that we've had so far. I mean, this is going to be a life transforming podcast for you. And, uh, and I hope you stick around with us because uh, this is not a little subject we're talking about. This, this is a subject that is going to change your entire life uh, if, you, if you pay attention and if you stay with me. His name is Marshall Silver, and uh, you may know Marshall Silver as the number one leading expert on subconscious reprogramming and irresistible influence For over 20 years, uh, Silver has entertained, educated, and transformed the lives of thousands of people. He's the author of Passion, Profit, Power, and through infomercials, has sold over a million copies of his personal development programs. I mean, he's, he's, he's been on the same stage as Trump. Kiyosaki, Robbins, Leno, you name uh, it, you name it. Yeah. Uh, Branson, uh, Letterman, I think five times or something like that, author, speaker, 200 million in sales on a mission, I love this, check this out, on a mission to win the Nobel Peace Prize for turning the U.S. economy around. So, uh, Marshall, why do they call you the millionaire maker? Because it's in my press kit. <laughs> Actually, because that's what I do. I believe that we are all millionaires, even if the money has not yet been deposited in our bank account. And once a person acknowledges who they are, then what they do becomes obvious. You know, a millionaire or a billionaire, we see the world differently than a pauper or somebody that struggles. We see a bountiful opportunity. We see, you know, wealth all around us. Uh, when other people are getting frightened, you know, we get busy. And so they call me the millionaire maker because I've been able to break down the technology of what causes people to be a certain millionaire or a certain husband or a certain father or any area of their lives to remove the doubt so they'll take certain actions. Well, we're going to get into that for sure today, but uh, I really want to start off with your journey. Tell, tell me a little bit about the journey from a, from a child that I think... Uh, chicken coop or something like that? Oh, worse than that to get started, yeah. Okay, right. I have uh, nine brothers and sisters, okay. and I was born and raised on a farm in Michigan that had no running water, we had no electricity, we had no phone, often we had little, sometimes no food. Twice my family was homeless. Uh, the second time we were homeless, the local community came together, it was a cold Michigan winter, we were living in a station wagon, they knew we were gonna die. And so they renovated an old chicken coop, and it had running water, it had electricity, and it was heaven to me. So at seven years old, from seven till 11, we lived in the chicken coop house. Other than clucking when I get happy, no adverse side effects. Okay. These days though, based on what we teach and how I program people's minds, these days my own home is in Las Vegas. We've got a 17,000 square foot home there with my beautiful bride, my three kids. And we also have a home on the beach in a little town called Carlsbad, south of your palace here mm-hmm. in uh, North County, San Diego. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. And so you got, uh, so Erica is your wife. Erica's correct? my one true bride. Uh, you got uh, Sterling Maximus. Sterling Silver. Prosperity. Yep. 
Okay, so so you were telling me a little bit about how you're developing a program for kids. Yes. For, for, from your kids, for kids. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we are launching a company called Certainty International, and with Certainty International, we're launching certainty centers, whether they're certainty theaters or certainty centers. And what they're designed to do is be a local community center where people can go and find certainty that they can go and socialize. You know, they'll have free events where they can just come hang out, maybe in the morning come have coffee and do some networking. And at the center, to draw people in, as a performer, I've always used entertainment to hook people in, show them what I did, and then show them how to use the things that I did for fun and for entertainment in their real lives. And so on Friday and Saturday nights, there'll be a reworked, re, uh, reworded hypnotic show called A Show of Certainty where people will come and they'll watch the performer. In the beginning, it'll be me, and then I'll train other people for each of the centers to uh, do a show where people will you know, do the strangest things, sing like Lady Gaga, you know, make their bodies stiff and rigid, walk up their bodies like a human staircase. And then at the end of the performance, the performer will say, hey, if you loved what you saw, and I know that you did, come join us on Tuesday night. Check out what we do and how you can apply it to your relationships, to your wealth, to your emotional, mental, physical, and even spiritual well-being. And so the kids program came about because I have three babies, eight, six, and four, and uh, they watch me on stage all the time. They think that's a natural place to be. And I, I thought, what a great thing for parents to make it natural for their kids to be there, to not have any fear. Uh, they know, as an entrepreneur family, that in order to get something, you've got to give somebody else value. And so they kept begging me, please, Daddy, please, can we go on the stage at the theater? Can we go on the stage? And so I've created this thing called Kid Show. And what Kid Show is, it's a show for kids by kids. It's a magic show for kids, my kids, uh, to other kids, that not only entertains, the whole idea of the show is that the kids would also give a message of entrepreneurship. You know, my, my boys started off in karate, and they would go to karate class and come back, and one day they came back, and my wife said they've both been invited to Black Belt Club. And I said, oh, that's awesome, what's that? She said, it's an 18-month, once-a-week, or 24-month, once-a-week class that they take. And I paused and I said, and, and we pay for that every week, right? She said, yeah. I said, that is some clever marketing. That is really clever. And then I thought, how cool would it be, instead of karate, or in addition to karate and gymnastics and dance and baseball or whatever else they were into, what if they actually went to a class that they could learn how to be young entrepreneurs, because you and I both started early on, yeah, yeah. and that the class itself would teach them how to launch their business, and the business could pay for the classes that they were taking, and be self-fulfilling. You know, how great would it be when our young people, our kids starting off at seven years old, get the idea in their heads that they don't have to wait till they're 18, they don't have to wait till they're 20 to start a business. They could start one now. They it's could huge. start making money now. It's huge. It's, it's good huge. for their self-esteem, it's good for their, their character, Absolutely. confidence, everything. Absolutely, and I, I think that what you're doing, especially that, I mean, the programs that you're doing already have transformed thousands and thousands of lives, but imagine going down deeper yep. into children and saying, hey, you can be a millionaire by the time you're 18. Why, and why it, do you have fact, to be It's a, expected. It's expected. Yes. I mean, why, why wait until you're 40 to become a millionaire? Why can't you be a millionaire at 18 or 16 or 15 or who knows, right? maybe even 10? Yes. You know, so, and, yeah. and you can be. And yeah, there's, yeah. there's plenty of examples of young people oh, totally. who came up with business ideas yep. that made them millionaires and multimillionaires before they're 18 years old. That's it. So if the expectation is, is brought up that that's what we expect kids to do, they'll rise up to that expectation. You know, you mentioned in my bio uh, that one of the things I want to do is win the Nobel Prize, and, and I do. And not, be, not for the vanity of winning the Nobel Prize. I'd like to be known as the guy that got the entire economy in the United States moving really well, and then worldwide. And we do it by doing exactly what you and I already do. We do it one person at a time. 
It's kind of like being on the freeway here in uh, Southern California. You know, it's bumper to bumper. I often wonder what would it be like if there was a loudspeaker alongside the freeway. There's no real reason it's going that slow. Just some idiots in the front and then a chain reactions down. What if there was a speaker on the side of the road that said, all right, everybody, be certain, have faith. On the count of three, everyone, floor it. <laughs> One, two, then all of a sudden we're flying. And in the economy is the same way. Right. You know, the, there's a term that I use called velocity. And as it pertains to the economy, velocity is the speed and frequency in which money changes hands. When everybody is certain, when everyone is confident, they, they spend a lot of money because they're spending money, the people they're spending money with have more money so they can spend money, then that party can spend money. And so the whole idea is to get that velocity going. And it begins with one concept, and that is personal responsibility. Each of us has to be personally responsible. So again, what, what age do you teach personal responsibility? You should be teaching it from the very beginning. Absolutely, absolutely. And so you were a, you were a child magician? I is was. That, is, that what, is that how all this kind of started? Yeah. So tell us about how that started. Who got you excited about that? My mother and father divorced, and uh, I didn't see my father very much. And he wasn't a really pleasant guy. And so even when I would see him, he wasn't very responsive to me. Uh, the 10 kids are from a couple different dads. and. My older brother was in Cub Scouts, and he was looking in Boy's Life magazine, and he saw some magic tricks in there. I was seven, he was 11, he showed me the magic tricks. At seven years old, my cognitive thinking hadn't been developed yet, so kids see exactly what's there, not what they're supposed to perceive. And so I saw through his magic tricks, and I took them then and showed them to my father and got, for the first time in my life, a positive response from my dad. And that was it, it hooked me. So I started doing magic, I really loved magic. And then at 10 years old, I discovered that I could get paid for doing magic. And my thought was, you'll pay me for doing what I love doing? How cool is this? And it was hooked. It's a great And I, I did magic all my young years up until about 23 years old. And what caused me to make the shift from magic to hypnosis is I had been hypnotized at my high school. And the uh, incident, it was a stage show. And yet the impact was so profound on me. I realized that we are who we think we are. And we get to choose that. It was so profound, I, I fell in love with the process. And in my early 20s, I kind of fell out of love with magic only because magic distracted only. It entertained only. It didn't really change lives. And I said, I want to do something that has that sense of wonder, that sense of magic, yet also something that would change people's lives for the better. And so I've got that inside of hypnosis. So you were saying that, uh, I had heard you said, uh, say that zero to eight we gain most of our programming. What did you mean by that? Most of our reality is created by that age. So by the time we're eight years old, everything we believe to be true, everything we perceive to be true, we already have. At about eight years old, we start getting a, a skeptical mind. We start having a mind that starts making judgment. It starts saying no to authority figures more often. Prior to that though, everything you say. So imagine this, I, uh, I fly around in private jets and on one of my uh, trips back to the East Coast, my wife, I was going to Florida, she wanted to go to Vermont to visit her dad. She wasn't going with me. My son Sterling was three years old at the time. My son Max was one year old. So I said, would you like me to charter a plane for you? She said, no, we'll fly commercially, that's fine. And so I got her two first class tickets and they're sitting in the front row of the plane. And she's on the window with Maximus, my little one year old in her arms. And Sterling's sitting on the aisle seat. As everyone gets on the plane, he greets everybody. Hello, welcome, glad you could join us, hello. You know, most of the adults think, yeah, that's really cute. A couple of them were kind of harsh, or what do you want? And after the second grumpy old person, uh, my son Sterling turned to his mother and said, Mommy, are these our friends? He'd never been on a plane with other people that every single person that was there hadn't been invited by us. Right. 
And so, you know, a mind once expanded will never contract to its original state. I say a wallet once expanded will never contract to its original state. That once you get used to living at a certain level, you think that's how it's supposed to be lived. So imagine your kids, my kids, your kids, living a life that they expect to fly around in private jets. They expect to have everything around them taken care of. And though they expect to also have to pay for that, that they know that it's not just handed to you. You must provide service and value to other people in a way that's meaningful to them so that you can have those luxuries. So so when you talk about changing people's lives, that's what you're talking about. You're yes. talking about rewiring the brain and getting people to start believing that what they think about could actually become their reality. Is More that than that, not, not even believing it, not even that it could be a rea reality, that it is a certain reality. Okay. It's just the way that it is because it is just the way that it is. You know, we are who we think we are. We get to choose those thoughts. I can either decide, even in moments of challenge, that life is really hard or this is temporary. This is just a bump in the road. Sure, I lost all my money. Sure, I, I lost my wife. I lost everything, except maybe that wasn't your one true wife. Maybe that wasn't even the person you were supposed to be with, yet you had to go through that relationship to get to the one you were supposed to be with and appreciate it. Maybe that time you made that fortune and lost it all, or maybe you made a fortune and someone stole it from you. Maybe that was just the launch pad for an even bigger fortune. Maybe that was just a launch pad to be sure if someone stole a million dollars from you, they don't steal a billion dollars from you when you're a billionaire. Right, right. You know, it's, it's interesting because I've been doing hypnosis for over a decade. I mean, I take naps. I take my power naps. Somebody puts me to sleep. Mm -hmm. They wake me up in 26 minutes or whatever. I've yep. been doing this forever. And I, and I really, truly believe that that experience, and, and nobody taught me it. Nobody told me about it. I, I just really just fell into listening to somebody and you know but so what is it about hypnosis that is real because come on you, you know and I know people think it's bullshit they, they don't think it's real they don't I mean so what is it about hypnosis how you can explain to somebody that you know like a, a kindergarten you know sure. a kid how is this real how could that work I do a uh, program that I've been doing for 34 years it's called turning point and it's a two and a half day program. And we lead off the program with wax on, wax off. I say you do, no question. The first time I got hypnotized, I was 16 years old. It was at my high school. Got up on stage and the hypnotist uh, flapped his arms up and down and told me that he was gonna say the word sunny boy. And that when he did, I'd stand back up from my seat in the audience, I'd come back to the stage, I'd fall on my butt, I'd roll my pant legs up above my knees, I'd climb on his lap, I'd put my thumb in my own mouth and I'd say, sing it again, daddy. And I said, there's no way I'm going to do that. I'm already socially phobic. I, I don't like to be embarrassed in front of other people. Yet the weirdest thing happened. He says, Sonny boy, and a magnet, so irresistible, pulled me back to the stage. I get on the stage, uh, pant legs up, thumb in my mouth, sing it again, daddy. And I went home and I thought, was that actually hypnosis? Or was I just going along with it? Was I just doing what he told me to do? And I thought, what if he had told me to stop doing drugs? And I just stopped doing drugs. What if he had told me to be confident and I just decided to be confident? What if he told me to go out and be a multimillionaire? And because he said it, and I believed him as an authority figure, I believed that I would, and I went out and took those fearless actions. So what hypnosis is, is one person says something, another person believes it to be true, and then most importantly, acts upon it as if it is true. That's a trance. Uh, same thing true for ourselves. I say something to myself, I know it to be certain, I act upon it as if it is certain, and then I get the result. So imagine you're watching this right now, and it's been predestined. You are absolutely assured that you are a multi-multi-millionaire. Number one, away goes all the angst. Gosh, will I make it? Will I ever have everything I want? So that's gone. Now you can see more clearly. 
Next, imagine it's kind of like you're in an escape room. You know, we do a lot of escape rooms. I love escape rooms. My wife loves escape rooms. In an escape room, there's always a puzzle to be solved. And you solve the puzzle, then you move on to the next puzzle, and then you solve all the puzzles that you release from the room. What if your life was just like an escape room? That it was certain. The money's there. It's available to you. You just have to unlock it. You just have to figure out what's the riddle. You are one idea away from at least a million dollars, if not one idea away from a billion dollars. When you make that certain, and then you hack somebody else that's done it, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's other people that have done similar things. You know, I teach in our events at Turning Point, I, I teach people, find, figure out what your customer avatar is first and foremost. Find another field that the customer avatar is the same, yet you sell different products. Their customers are your customers. Now you found customers with customers, which is a lot better than attempting to sell one-on-one. -on -one. One to many rather than one-on-one. -on -one. Totally, totally. And so is, is hypnosis, because when, when you talk about hypnosis, it, it, and you probably heard this before, it, it screams law of attraction. I, I don't know, I, I, again, I, I know you probably don't agree with that, but to me, when I hear the, you know, what, what's the difference between law of attraction and hypnosis, what would you say? I say the law of attraction is very dangerous, okay. and here's why. Uh, the secret is there's no secret, first and foremost. The challenge with the law of attraction, though, is, is too many people only hear the first part of the message. It's kind of like a person of faith praying to God, God, please give me the resources that I need. And you want to go kick them in the seat of their pants and say, God did. God gave you hands that work. God gave you a brain that can think. God gave you feet that can move you. You have all the resources you need to use them. So too many people think that if I just will this into my life, it will happen. No, there's three steps. Number one, we've got to create self-mastery. What is self-mastery? Self-mastery is total control of your thoughts and emotions. You control everything. Anything going on in that real estate between your ears was your choice. Get that. Even if you were mistreated, even if you were insulted, even if you were harmed even, it's still your option to have a perception of what that means in your life. I'm married now to my one true wife. I was married twice before my one true wife, and I know Erica is my one true wife, and I know that I needed to go through those other marriages too in order to know who she is and the gift that she is. I also know that most people never take the time to find their lives perfect. And they're always finding fault with everything. And I say finding your life less than perfect is a waste of time. So we've got to create self-mastery. Reprogramming helps you to create that self-mastery. That's why it's the first step of what we do at Turning Point. That's not enough, though. The second thing is we need the proper tools for the task at hand. Whatever it is, there's likely some set of tools that can make that happen. In making money, there's a set of tools. In relationships, there's a set of tools. And then finally, this is the piece that... that where I am different than a Tony Robbins or a T. Harv Ecker or just about anybody else that I know, is the third thing that you need is you must take action in the present moment. Most people, that's where they fall short. They go to the seminar, they learn what they need to do, they read the books, they get the degree, and then they just aren't able to execute. And the reason they are not able to execute is it's not them. You know, they're going to be that person the moment they start doing that thing. And I say, no, be that person now. And you be that person by simply saying the words, I am a millionaire. And when your brain accept, accepts that as a certainty, it looks around the world and says, okay, this is how a millionaire would look at the world. Number one, I wouldn't have time to watch four hours of law and order at night. I wouldn't have time to argue over a, a $10 overcharge on my phone bill that takes me an hour and a half to argue it over. I just say surrender or change carriers. And so that ability to be programmed, to take action in the present moment, to do things differently now. Uh, if I program somebody that was a smoker to be a non-smoker, I'm not programming them to resist the desire to smoke. I'm programming them to see the world through the eyes of a non-smoker. 
a non-smoker, when they go to a convenience store that has cigarettes behind the counter, looks at them, doesn't give it a second thought. You don't give it a second thought when you know you have things to do to take care of the people around you. You just take care of whatever you need to do. Other people view that as work. I almost feel like uh, hypnosis is a, a pure understanding that you have to take control of your thoughts and you have to take control of your, of your life. I mean, it, it is personal responsibility, but it's somebody helping you to program in your mind that you're going to take personal responsibility. I mean, you know, look, I, I've had dream videos, I've had intentions. I, I mean, I believe that I'm at a certain stage in my game, in my life, oh, sure. because of, I, I've allowed my, I was telling somebody the other day, I've allowed my, my mind to work for me. Yes. Instead of me working so hard, thinking so hard, I've allowed my subconscious, I've programmed through so many years of thinking the right way. Mm -hmm. You know, I get on stage in front of 50,000 people and I'll say, great things always happen to me. Yes. You know, I'll say stuff like, and, and the whole crowd, you know, great things. So thousands of thousands yes. of people now say, they wake up in the morning, they go, great things always happen to me. So and that's, the that. that's the expectation. That's the expectation. That's the expectation. expectation. Right. Certainty creates luck. Right. Because we, we were looking for it. You know, some people, their, their flight's delayed. And they get angry, oh crap, my flight's delayed. Uh, back in the day when I flew commercially, if my flight was delayed, I would immediately say, okay, what am I supposed to do here? Who am I supposed to meet that I wouldn't have met had my flight not been delayed? What opportunity is arising because my flight was delayed? Whereas most people just find their lives wrong. Uh, certainty also creates not just luck, it creates telepathy. You know, if you are a certain spouse, if you are a certain husband, if you are a certain wife, you don't have insecurities. You don't have any angst or, or trouble or depression or, or fear of anything because you're already certain. You're certain. No matter where I go, you know, when I get on stage, it's the same thing that you do, is that I, I get on that platform and I know that I'm doing the audience a favor, not from a cocky point of view, from a confident point of view. And the distinction between cockiness and confidence is confidence allows for greatness in other people. I'm awesome and so are you. And so, you know, you asked me about hypnosis. Ultimately, it's not enough to learn. We have to become someone new. We've got to reinvent ourselves. So I did drugs when I was a young man. I, at one point, smoked cigars. I don't do either one of those anymore. And it's not that I had the willpower to stop anything. I just said, this isn't me. You know, that's not me. Uh, you take anybody that's created great wealth, and I guarantee you, even if they have a hiccup and they lose great wealth, they'll get it back because they know that they can. And each time they do, it gets easier and easier and easier because their brain just says, I didn't get lucky. This is who I am. So let's reverse that. You didn't get unlucky. You are lucky. This is a phenomenal day for you. You can have whatever you want. It starts with certainty in your brain and then going out and learning whatever tools you need for the task at hand. You, you've been real transparent yeah. about, you know, a couple of times you lost yeah. your wealth. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and of course, a lot of people watching right now, listening right now, they're in financial services. Went through, some people and, went through tough times. Yeah, I mean, so so I, you know, and, and they, yeah, they, they've gotten beat up and, you know, this and that. I mean, you've been, probably your story is to another level in the sense of the amount of wealth mm -hmm. that you lost a couple of times. Yep. So what could you say uh, to maybe give us a little bit of guidance to say, hey, don't do this, don't do that. Think about this before you do this, because this is maybe what caused what happened to me the first time or second time? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. What happened the first time is I made, I'd always worked well and I've always been uh, greatly uh, blessed with wealth. You know, I figured out early on certain things. I figured out get paid for what you produce, not for time spent. 
So as an example, in the early days when I would do my shows in nightclubs, they'd offer to pay me a flat fee of a thousand bucks to perform. And I'd say, tell you what, how about I come in on a day that you don't have much business, you tell me how much business you're doing, and give me 50% of whatever sales I make above that and don't guarantee me anything. And so rather than get a thousand bucks, I'd walk out with you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars in a single night. So it's always been my way to be paid, remunerated based on what I produce, not on time spent. Uh, the first fortune I made, and I made a lot of money very quickly, I produced an infomercial that you mentioned, Passion, Profit, and Power, and we did uh, over $120 million in sales in the first year on an infomercial that I paid $10,000 to produce and made many millions of dollars, had always wanted to go to Las Vegas and open up my show on the Strip in Las Vegas, went to Vegas, and I thought I was living a very lavish lifestyle. I thought that the faucet was going to stay open forever, and I didn't notice there was no plug in the tub. And so my lifestyle caught up to me. I just, I lost it. Made all the money back again, because I knew that I could. Made it all back again. Unfortunately, married the wrong person. I was married for 11 months. The divorce took four and a half years. Lost it all again. Wow. And uh, then made it all back again. Was heavily leveraged into real estate over the uh, last 10 years. And a lot of people that were heavily leveraged in real estate lost a lot of money. And I was one of those people. Didn't lose it all this last time. I was smarter, you know, kept learning each time. The reason, though, I think that I had a slight dip this, this time was that I was with my wife, and when I met her, I was rolling in dough. That slight dip wasn't enough to make anything bad, except the words that came out of her mouth were ones I needed to hear. She said, sweetheart, sell everything. We don't need two houses. We don't need six cars. Sell everything. Let's live in a one-bedroom apartment with the two kids. And when I heard that, it was like magic to my ears. So now we're back bigger than ever. You know, thank you, God. And for me, I say, don't get too attached to either side. Don't be attached to being poor, it's temporary. Don't be attached to being wealthy, it's also potentially temporary. Any one of us, I don't care how smart you are, I don't care how successful you are, look at Boeing. You know, Boeing has two planes go down and their stock takes a massive hit because those two accidents occurred. Anything could happen in any moment. So don't be cocky, be confident, don't be attached to wealth, don't be attached to being broke. Be certain your life's unfolding the way it's supposed to. Yeah, I mean, I've been teaching financial principles for now 22 years and uh, 21, I started in business. 28, I was a cash millionaire. So I was financially independent at, from that moment, had no debt, always paid down my debt, always, you know, my building down the street is almost paid off the house. Believe it or not, this house, $3 million home, is pretty much almost paid off. I mean, there's a couple hundred thousand dollars. I have like zero financial worries for all these years that I've been in business. And I tell people, please, if there's anything that you're going to learn from from me, at least, mm-hmm. is don't get over leveraged right. in, 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 in thinking that it's never going. Like, I always figured if everybody quits, my family's OK. Right. I wanted to put on my family's oxygen mask first. Then we could go live the way we want to live. But Absolutely. as long as, as my family has enough money to take care of us forever, I'm okay. And, and through the years, we've made some good financial choices. And so that's, that's great well, advice. And you, and your great kid, advice. How old's your oldest child? Uh, 16. He's 16. Yeah. My oldest is eight. And I know you would agree with this, that when kids entered the picture, everything changed. Everything changed. Yeah. And so for me, uh, as I've come out of retirement and, mm-hmm. and, and building a legacy, it is 
everything is about them. Everything is about my wife, Erica, and then everything is about my kids, making sure that my daughter is never impressed by anything your son owns. Right, right. right. And that, that they have a, a future that I never had because my family was so poor growing up and that they have different choices that they can make, yet also that they're intelligent about it. Yeah. You know, that they're raised in a, a respectful environment. We often go out and we limit our kids' screen time as much as we can. And we are also, we have a high expectation of their good behavior. And so we'll go out in public and there'll be kids near us that are misbehaving and my kids will look at them and say, Daddy, what's wrong with those kids? And I always say they have very bad parents because they're our product. Well, you, you, uh, you're, you're a pretty exceptional individual. I mean, just, just hearing the way that you raised your kids and, of course, your family and, and just everything that you're doing and, and this whole nother chapter of your life, mm-hmm. how exciting. I mean, because I, I tell people all the time, that it's progress that makes us happy. I mean, that, that's really why I keep doing what I'm doing, yep. why I put on my overalls again and said, yep. you know what, I don't wanna, like retirement equals death to me. And I don't wanna be completely retired. I wanna keep making progress and keep trying to make a difference. So God bless you for that, man. So, so what, what uh, let's, let's talk sales, man. I mean, what, what unfair advantage does a well-trained salesperson have over the world or a well-trained hypnotist that's also a salesperson there you go complete and total unfair advantage tell us why and um, how my job is to sell people Uh, in a stage show my job is to sell them on the idea that dancing like uh, a chippendales dancer or singing like lady gaga is a completely appropriate behavior that's something they would never need in their whole lifetime as a hypnotist my job when i'm doing therapy is to hypnotize somebody out of an irrational fear or phobia or program in their brain that they may have held on to forever that had a reason for being there in the first place so my job when i am influencing people to buy whatever it is that i'm selling is to take what i'm selling and make it look like what they're buying it's to change the frame around the outside of that thing it's also to turn up their wantingness to do certain anchors and certain things inside the presentation that they may not even realize i'm doing that cause them to respond, cause them to be drawn to that thing because genuine influence isn't getting somebody else to say yes. Influence is getting someone else to beg you for what you're selling and here's the kicker, have them believe it was their idea. (laughs) (laughs) Your people are sitting down and they're presenting your financial products. They're presenting what you guys sell. And at the end of the presentation, they go silent, yet they've already planted the seeds, they've already laid down the program, they've already painted the path that the person on the other side says, well, you know what, we've waited a long time, we really need this now, where do I sign? Who do I make the check out to? That's what you wanna do, that's a presentation. Uh, The distinction between a performance and a presentation is both of them are designed to move you emotionally, to cause you to have an emotional shift. A presentation, though, is also designed to cause you to take a new physical action. Even if the physical action is writing a check, signing a contract, you know, buying the car, buying the house, whatever it is. And so, once again, a person of influence has a highly assumptive mind. They believe they're doing the buyer a favor, so they don't take it personally if the person doesn't buy, doesn't agree, doesn't sign the contract. In fact, they feel bad for the other person. They feel like they screwed up. I must have screwed something up. You know, I I feel like I've harmed you in this presentation. What did I miss? What did you not see? And when you know what the other person is thinking, because you can read every ounce of their body language, since every single thought has a physical response in the body, it's impossible for our bodies to not telegraph the things that we're thinking. So imagine somebody that you're you're smiling, you're on the edge of buying, except you say, nah, I'm just not interested. Yet they read your body language, they know better. They say, well, I understand you felt that way a moment ago. Isn't it great we're in this moment? How do you want to take care of the investment?
Love it. And you say, oh, yeah, that's just what I need. I just need a little more confidence. And so that's the power. And, that's and part so, of the unfair advantage. So when we, I mean, I, I've heard you say that it's about telling. Because the, the way we were all trained as salespeople is we were trained to ask a lot of questions. Right. So tell us a little bit about the difference between telling and asking questions, because there's pretty, it's distinct. It's huge. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the opposite. It's yeah. the polar opposite, yeah, actually. Really is, yeah. In hypnosis, we don't ask people to do anything. We give directives. Stand up, move here, sit down. On the count of three, you'll open your eyes. I snap my fingers, you cluck like a chicken. Those aren't requests. And so people of authority don't ask. You go to your doctor and you say, hey, I'm, I'm having this challenge. Uh, what should I do? The doctor doesn't say, well, do you think you might want to do this? Or what do you think about this? Or how would you feel about that? The doctor says, take these, come back in two weeks, we'll see how you're doing. And you don't question it. Right. And so when a person can come from such a position of authority, like you do, like you know your product, you know, you know your company inside and out. We were talking about your company's history. You also know about your industry's history. You know everything about it. You are the authority. People come to your house, they're social proof, you know what you're doing, obviously you're living well, your kids are protected, they're happy, your wife seems to love you. All those things add up to levels of authority until it gets to the point where you simply sit with someone and say, Marshall, you know, your family is important to you. You have a great amount of wealth. How are you protecting this? You know, what do you have in place in case, God forbid, anything happens to you? That's it. And I say, gosh, you know nothing. Are you kidding me? You seem smarter than that. And it's sincere. It's not belittling me. It's just telling me the truth in a way that I can hear it. And so, you know, if you are a salesperson watching this and you want to have more authority, number one, dress the part. Uh, be, be aware of your own grooming. Be aware of your own state. Be aware of how you carry yourself. A person of authority walks in with confidence. Their brain doesn't say, gosh, I hope they like me. They walk in and they say, gosh, I'm doing them a favor, number one. Number two, I genuinely love human beings. Number three, I love what I do. And you should never do anything you don't love what you do. And then finally, uh, you know, someone says to you, you're just trying to sell me this. You say, of course I am, it's what I do. It's good for me, it's good for you, it's good for the entire economy, everybody wins. And fall in love with selling. You know, I don't think salespeople always know we are the economy that when we do our jobs well, everybody thrives. And if we stop doing our jobs, nobody wins. Well, well said. I'm, I'm gonna throw a couple stuff at you. I wanna see what you say. I mean, you know, because, because we do get objections. Of course. And, you know, across the kitchen And by the table. way, I, I wanna say something. Yeah, yeah. It's all about frame. Yeah, and that's yeah. one of those things that I like to change the frame on. Right. Uh, some people call them objections. Okay. I call it resistance. Resistance. And, and, and it's not a no, it's just resistance. And so what I tell people to do is play with the resistance. Okay. Don't see it as an objection. Don't even see it as a partial stop or a slowdown. It's just resistance. And what resistance is, is the buyer's way of testing the validity of the offer. That's all they're doing. They just want to know that whatever it is they give to you is worth less than what they get back. Gotcha. You're giving them more back. Go ahead. So, so, so when somebody says something like, uh, you know what, because we recruit. Obviously, mm -hmm. we're recruiting, we're training, we're, we're, we're building leaders. And somebody says something like, well, I just don't have the time. You know, what, what, would, what would you say in something in, in a situation like that? How much time do you have, number one? And number two, wouldn't it be great that you did have the time and we didn't have to have this discussion? Love that. All right. I don't have any money. Of course you don't have any money. You don't do anything that makes money. Wouldn't you like to learn about something that makes you money and gives you more time than you've ever had? Uh, I, you know what? I'm just, I'm not, uh, I'd rather be happy than rich. Mm. Uh, money cures most things. And I got to tell you, I've been poor and I've been rich and rich is a lot more fun. Uh, you know, the economy's bad. 
Yeah. Maybe your economy is bad. Have you noticed that there are certain people that actually are thriving right now? And wouldn't it be exciting to get the programs of those people in your head so you viewed the world through those lenses? You know, the rich exploit people. Some rich people do, and some poor people are thieves. Um, I don't think you'd be a person that would exploit anybody. I doubt that you would ever be a person that would steal from other people. Being rich gives you more choices. Being rich allows you the opportunity to help more people out if that's what you want to do. And being rich is something that if everybody were rich at once, this whole planet would be a much better place. Well said, well said. Uh, you know, the, the best influencers we talked about uh, tell people. Because you're, you're let me just kind of try to summarize this, make sure we all get this right, okay? It's, it's you being assertive. It's you being confident in, in what you know you believe. You're, and it's, it's where that certainty comes in, right? Yes. It's, it's being certain about what you do. And I, I think that the, the challenge with a lot of people out there is, is the simple fact is they don't master their craft. Yes. They don't practice. They think they're going to hear it one time and it's going to be there, you know, embedded in their brain. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Rehearse, review, revise. You know, if I do a presentation, I, I pay attention to the presentation. Usually I videotape every presentation when possible. If I was doing a one-on-one -on -one presentation, I might sit down, uh, I might tell the person, look, I, I just want to be really good at what I do. And every time I do something, I want to do it better. Both for my sake and for your sake, I record every presentation that I'm allowed to record. I'm more than happy to send you a copy of the presentation so you can see what was said. You know, if I make a promise to you, I want you to know that I'll stand behind any promise I make. If I make a promise, you can look at the tape and say, you promised me. So would you be okay with me videotaping our presentation? Uh, they almost always say yes, rarely say no. Number one, it makes them safe. Now they know that they're gonna get a, a copy of that presentation. Also for you though, you can take the presentation back. You can review it and say, okay, when I said this, they kind of leaned back in their chair and furrowed their brow. Or when I said this, they, they squeezed each other's hands underneath the table. And you just get back and you just adjust a little bit of your presentation. You know, our job as salespeople is to just move people further and further down that path of assurance, of certainty, to the point where they're doing business with us. And if we believe in what we're selling, we have a moral and ethical obligation to sell it. And when we are changing lives like that, once again, we just seek to get better and better and better. I view sales, I view influence as a game. I view it as something that, like anybody that does anything, any sport, any game, you get better each time you do it. You figure out what are some people doing that work, you know, how are some people generating leads, how are some people recruiting, how are some people selling more product. Find the people that are doing what they do best and model them. There you go. There you go. So modeling is, I mean, and, and, I, and obviously you were talking at the kitchen table, mirroring. Yes. You know, they're, they're, so what does that mean? What is mirroring? Uh, there are two different things. Uh, mirroring is taking on your body position. So if I put my leg on my other leg and put my hands in my lap like you are, I would be mirroring you that familiarity would breed uh, a certain amount of rapport between us. Modeling is a little bit different. Modeling is saying, okay, I'll give you an example from my world. Um, my customer avatar is a 25 to 65 year old couple that are making a minimum of $100,000 a year. They're, maybe they're both working, they're making 60, 80, $100,000 a year. The timeshare industry, completely unrelated to training, also has a customer avatar. Their customer avatar is they gotta be 25 to 65, gotta be cohabiting couple, and they've gotta be earning whatever dollar amount that particular company has. So in this example, their customer database, I have a completely different product, yet their customer database is my avatar. 
So I mentioned this earlier in the interview. You want to find places where you could sell one to many rather than one to one, no matter what it is you're selling. If you can get on a platform and talk about you know, financial products and talk about the things that you guys sell, and you're talking to an audience that was brought there for whatever reason. Maybe they want to be more financially uh, set. Maybe they want to be protected. Yet you, you would seldom get that audience together unless there was a free meal. You would seldom get that audience together unless there was some kind of entertainment message inside of that. And that's the key, is that you've got to figure out what's the hook, how do I get them to at least open their ears, open their hearts. You know, when people go on a timeshare tour, a good example, very few people that don't own timeshare have any open-mindedness in owning a timeshare. They went there for the free goods. Right. You know, they went there for the tickets or the food or the concert or whatever it was. And so I ask you, uh, you know, what could you do that would be value added? What makes you unique? What gives you a unique marketing position or a unique selling position compared to everybody else that might sell the exact same things that you sell? Could it be that you're funny? Could it be that you do magic? Could it be that any number of things about you are unique? Because you've got to figure that piece out. Yeah, because a, a lot of, uh, I mean, we do group meetings all the time. I mean, I've, I've been for 20 years, I've been standing on a stage and we've been recruiting massive amounts of people and all my locations, they're doing the same thing. And so, so if you were to, if you were to look at like a business like us, like a financial services company that we're, we're always attracting new people to come into business with us, what's just as a thought from you, I mean, just a, an idea, what's something that we could add as a value add to, to pull in more people to that event? You know, everything is different. And obviously inside of your world, there are certain laws about what is and is not able to be given as a premium. Mm -hmm. a, a gift uh, for the presentation. Correct. So, you know, one of the things, again, uh, if it were me, and it, let's imagine I were you, okay. um, what I would do is figure out a way to get people in, in a fun way to fill out some kind of database information, okay. whatever that is. So imagine in this example that Primerica, you specifically, sponsored a show down in, in the theater that I just renovated in Carlsbad, California, and all the people that come into the room are sitting there before the show starts. And up on the screen pops up this thing that says, hey, register to win a free gift. And they all register to win a free gift. And part of that is allowing those people to be approached or reached out to by you and your team. So now we've collected a database. They had a good experience at the show, completely unrelated, got nothing to do with what they're selling. Yet they've also given permission inside the database to be contacted. Gotcha. And now when they're contacted, it's a warm contact. It's not a cold contact. Oh my gosh, did you see what he did in the show? Do you remember he did that? Oh, that was so funny. So that's one thing is that you, you become a part of a group that there's a, a means to get that lead. The second part is to gamify whatever it is you do. You know, we have uh, different levels of training that we do inside of certainty, and we call them levels of certainty. And, uh, you know, our, our initial course is a course that's called Turning Point. I've been teaching it for 34 years. Sells for $3,000 a ticket, which by the way, stay on this podcast because I'm going to give a couple people an amazing gift by the time that we're done. And uh, that's level one. And what Turning Point does is three things. Uh, number one, it turns up a person's wantingness. You, you said it a little while ago, that hunger to just be better and do more. It's not just to have a, a bigger house or more cars or whatever. It's a wantingness. For me, I had everything I wanted until I looked into my daughter's eyes. And then I realized, no, you've got to take care of her kids, kids, kids now. Uh, the second thing it does is it gets inside of your brain and it changes the programs of your mind. Not just teaches you new things, it actually programs you on a subconscious level to be a new person. No $100,000 a month earner is ever going to be satisfied with ten grand. Right. 
But if a person is a $100,000 a month earner and thinks they're a 10 grand a month earner, they're never gonna change. And then the third thing that Turning Point does, because I believe it's where everything starts, is it teaches the skills of irresistible influence. It teaches you how to sell. You master that craft, you master that ability, and no matter what you're selling, there's gonna be a best script. There's gonna be a best form of communication, a best framework of how you approach that process to produce the best results. When you know that you can sell anybody anything, that you can rewrite the marketing, you can rewrite the programming, you can rewrite the approach, everybody wins. Everybody wins, and, and I've been saying for years that what we do to make money and to create wealth. I mean, think about it. When I went full-time, that opened up a job yes. for somebody else. Yep. When I left my job, that opened up another job for someone else. And every time one of my agents opens up a new location, it, it, it brings more money to, the, to wherever they're renting. Yep. It creates uh, you know, new full-time agents that will vacate jobs, will allow other people to pour into those old jobs. Yep. So it never ends. It's always a good thing. And yes. I think because I, I, I honestly believe that one of the biggest challenges in most people's thinking is the, the, the lack of abundance mentality yes. and, and, and the, 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 the being afraid that if I make a lot of money, I'm a bad person or, or, or you grew up poor. So you're thinking, you know, look, I had a challenge. I mean, when I was younger, I mean, I believe, who knows? I mean, I think I may be even wealthier than I am today. But, you know, my dad was educated. Uh, my stepfather, he was educated, went to USC, mm -hmm. student of the year. And he was making a hundred something thousand dollars a year. And happy. And happy. And yeah, thought yeah, it was yeah. great. Thought it was, it was amazing. Oh, yeah. it was wonderful. Wonderful. And, and so I start making money and I'm, I'm this college dropout, mm -hmm. I'm the black sheep of the family, I, I hate school, uh, I, I joined some business that everybody thought was like some scheme or something right. like that, right? They thought I was mm -hmm. all, you know, they thought I was crazy. Next thing you know, I started making $100,000 a year and I'm right. not even, in my brain, I'm, I'm, I'm that eight-year-old kid yep. that doesn't believe that, it, that, that's, that that's not me. So I, I pulled back, man. Mm -hmm. I pulled back. It was subconsciously I pulled back. I think a lot of people don't believe in themselves enough to keep pushing forward. What, what do you think about that? I mean, is that, is that pretty prevalent? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and what has to happen is Oliver Wendell Holmes said a mind once expanded can never contract. I say a wallet once expanded will never contract. That when you get that I am an ordinary man, I'm not special, I'm a high school dropout. I uh, don't work at all anymore. I do exactly what I love. I don't do anything I don't want to do anymore. And I still live this most amazing life. Well, it's not by chance, it's by creation. I figured out what I loved. I figured out how to monetize it. And you can, you can monetize anything. And then more than that, I also realized that I am doing people a favor. I am helping their lives. I'm re-educating them. And so what has to happen is you have to find a mentor. You have to find somebody that you could identify with, somebody who started off worse than where you are right now so that you don't have any excuses. You've got to find a mentor who's living a lifestyle that you would want to live. You know, not everybody would want to live like this. Some people are extremely frugal. I don't understand it. The point in making great wealth is to live well. Um, you know, I fly around in private jets, not because I'm, I'm all that, just because it's cheaper to fly in a private jet than the amount of time it takes for me to go through commercial airports. I uh, have two homes, one in Vegas and one at the beach, not because I want to have two homes, because I don't want to have to carry anything when I go somewhere else, and I don't want to have to sleep in, in, in a stranger's bed. 
And so for me, that is my life and that is what the expectation is and that's what I set for other people. And my desire would be, and I know this is what you want too, is that people would look at us living our lives in a, in a big fashion, in a grand way and say, they're not special, they're just like me. If they could do it, so could I. And the fact of the matter is absolutely. In fact, I want you to, we want you to, because we want you to succeed for not just your world, for the world. I selfishly want you to be a multimillionaire so that the quality of my kids' lives are better. And what do I mean by that? If everybody would become personally responsible all at once, not dependent on anybody, if you are dependent upon anybody, any government, any other person, you are enslaved to them. Your financial freedom is complete freedom over every area of your life. I could do this for another six hours. I could I'm too. Not, I'm not even, I'm, this, this is huge. I mean, you have transformed today. I'm just telling you, Marshall, you have transformed thousands of the people that are going to be watching this. You have transformed their life awesome. today. And we've just gone on this little journey. And this is the beginning. This is, this the, is beginning. Just the beginning. This is just the beginning. We've gone on this little journey that took people from, hey, coming from, hey, now, now they have no excuses. Because right. you, you, you lived in a chicken coop. Yep. So I don't know anybody lived in a chicken coop. <laughs> So you have one friend. Well, I have one friend in a chicken coop. And so if you can come from that and, and to one day live in a 17,000 square foot home and have a beautiful family mm -hmm. and live the life. And I love how you talked about, you know, I don't work. I don't ever work. And, and I love that because I love what I do, too. Yes. And, and it's such a freeing feeling when you get to do stuff. Because you want to. And because you love to. Because you love to. And because you it helps it. people. Yeah, you want to make a difference. I mean, yeah. how, how awesome is that to be able to make a difference? So look, I, I want our audience to know exactly how to contact you because I know that there are people out there right now going, what do I got to do? How do I got to do it? How do I get in, in touch with this guy? Tell us. It is really easy to get a hold of me. My last name is Silver, S-Y-L-V-E-R, Marshall Silver, which literally translated means to gather money. My last name is Silver, S-Y-L-V-E-R. Go to silver.com, S-Y-L-V-E-R.com. And I've got a special gift. Um, I don't know when this podcast is going to air. You'll get me those details. When I know it's going to air, the day that it hits, that it, that it airs, if you're watching it, and this is the day it was released, go to silver.com right away. I'm going to give five separate people two tickets each worth six grand wow. to come to Turning Point, to come learn about subconscious reprogramming, maybe you and your team. Go to the website, go to silver.com right now. On the front page of silver.com is a contest entry. Uh, you enter the contest, yet I promise you, the first five people that watch this podcast, I'm going to give you, make sure, guarantee you, two tickets to Turning Point, totally free, nothing to buy as our guest. Fantastic. Well, thank you so you much. You're very welcome. Uh, I, I want everybody to share this podcast. Make sure you follow Marshall on all of his social media. Sure. Are you on Instagram? I am at Marshall Instagram, Silver. at Marshall, and Twitter probably, uh -huh. and all that good stuff. So make sure you follow him on everything. This is a huge, huge opportunity for you to take your game to that next level, for you to take your thinking to the next level. This is your chance. This is your time. No more procrastinating. No more waiting. No more wondering. No more thinking and over I mean, overanalyzing things. It's time for you to do it now. So make sure uh, you share this. Be very generous with it. And, uh, and let's go change the world together. Dream bigger than ever, but make sure that you do it now. God bless you. See you at the top.